0: Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse, and today we have the wonderful Jessica Riverson with us. She is an intuitive coach and business priestess who helps spiritual entrepreneurs heal their shadow self and step into their higher self. Through her programs, masterminds, retreats, and high-level private mentorship, she has helped her clients build multi-six and multi-seven-figure businesses based on their spiritual genius. She specializes in feminine energy, energy healing, hypnotherapy, past life regression, and badass messaging and marketing that is so seductive, her soulmate clients keep coming back forever. Her passion is to show you exactly how to create this too. Good morning, Jessica. <laughs>
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's 11.11 right now.
0: Oh, look at that. Oh, I am so delighted. Of course. Of Of course. course. You and I get together. (laughs) Exactly. So for those of us who don't know what 11.11 is, why don't you explain? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot.
1: I mean, it's it's like a gateway portal to other worlds. The veil is thinner.
0: (laughs) Yes, and it's an invitation from all the angels to come and be together. So, so thank you angels. And thank you earth angel, Jessica, for being with us. So for those people who don't know you, which I would find rare because it's like, it seems like everyone I know knows Jessica. How did you go from being a teen mom to where Mm -hmm. you are today? I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously you didn't just arrive on a white carpet, Mm -hmm. everything, you know, and I don't want to jump ahead of myself with masculine okay. and in the feminine, but how did you get here?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. It's like, do I, which version, the short version, the long version, but I'll try to keep it to, you know, just highlights. Sure. <laughs> Let's see. So I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I remember being in the Girl Scouts and me and my best friend, we wanted to like win the contest of who sold the most Girl Scout cookies and we tied we both sold 500 boxes, which is actually a lot. I mean, I have a daughter and she sold Roll Scout cookies and that's actually a lot of boxes. (laughs) So I remember going to all the like the the QFC in Bellevue and Safeway and like just, you know, camping out there and selling cookies. And (laughs) so I just always loved like, you know, that to me is like a creative thing you know, I had lemonade stands and Mm -hmm. I used to write my own little newsletters and things like that. So I've always (laughs) loved writing. I've always loved helping people and I've always loved the creativity of entrepreneurship. So yeah, when I was in high school, I ended up getting pregnant. I had a boyfriend, my first boyfriend throughout middle school and high school, and then ended up having my son when I was 18, right after I graduated And I was in college at the time. And um, I think when you become a mom, you actually, my little sister's pregnant right now. And she was, we were talking about how there's this like drive all of a sudden you get this Mm -hmm. feeling that you, you want to like know everything and learn everything and like figure everything out and you want to be the best version of yourself. And that's kind of what I felt when I had my son as I just really, I, I actually started reading Books about becoming a healer, and I actually before that I was reading books like that. But once I was around eighteen or nineteen, that's when I started. I read Hands of Light by Barbara Ann Brennan, which like I feel like oh, every wow, yeah that book. Yeah. No, I, I started getting into all of that type of thing, and I just knew that I wanted to do something that helped people. And in fact, when I was pregnant, I went to a hypnotherapy course and signed up for a certification, which I never took. (laughs) I ended up becoming a coach, which I'll get to that, but Hmm. ended up becoming a coach and then ended up doing hypnotherapy just two years ago. Now is when I actually officially got certified. But when I was younger, the first job I got was working at home and I was paid by the, well, actually I was paid by the line. So I was a medical transcriptionist and I was you basically type medical reports from home. So it's like, okay, how can I work at home? I'm an 18 year old single mom. How can I work from home so I can be with my son? And so I became a medical transcriptionist. It was paid eight cents per line. Wow. Well, experience right now. It's like back in the day. right? And those paid eight cents a line. I think I was able to make like 20 bucks an hour, which at the time was like, whoa. Wow. So I was able to support myself, which was great. And I, I think because I was being paid on production, I got this sense of, oh, Whatever I put into this, I will get out of it. Hmm. Right. So if I can type faster and more accurately, I will make more money per hour. And so that's got my wheels turning even more of being an entrepreneur and like kind of making your own money. Right. Hmm. So from there, I tried a lot of other different businesses, mostly network marketing and just other little side hustle things that I would try. Mm-hmm. But I think when I was just a couple of years later, I was like 2021. 20, I met a woman, a few women who were doing coaching. I started receiving coaching, I started understanding what coaching even was. right? And this is like 20 years ago now, right? Oh. So it wasn't the industry it is now, but certainly back then there was plenty of personal development companies out there, just probably not as many as there are now. And so I just kind of did it as a side hobby. You know, it's like, I loved being coached. I loved mm. coaching other people. And so all through my twenties, it was something I put a lot of time into, but I was never paid. Mm. Um, I was paid in education and I was paid in experience and things That's like so that and I also invested quite a bit, you know, I really didn't have any money, but I, all the money I had, I was invest in coaching and I would take this five day training and this thing and that thing. And so when I was 25, I ended up selling my house. Uh, I bought a house out in Port Townsend, if anyone knows where the Olympic peninsula is. And I was just, just there the other day, actually. And yesterday, and I ended up selling my house and getting an apartment with a friend of mine from high school. So me and my son were in like a little one bedroom and my friend was in the other room. Not sure why she had the master bedroom, but still a <laughs> salty about that. No, just <laughs> I always remember that. I'm like, why was that? And so, yeah, it was fun. We lived together and my son and I had this like room and then I'd use the money from the sale of the house to buy the franchise. And that was a really great experience because when you buy a franchise, it's a proven system. Right, and they right. say, this is how it works. <laughs> and then you just, mm-hmm. what they say, it's not that simple. There's a lot of other emotional stuff that comes up, but like right. pretty much if you can like handle your inner world and you do what they say. Right. You're gonna... So I worked at that and and it was good. It was a great business. I had it for 13 years here in the Bellevue area, which is a suburb of Seattle. And so that was a great business. And all the while I was doing the coaching, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of as this hobby. So yeah, by the time I was almost 30, I was like, Okay. I'm pretty good at this coaching thing. I see people are doing it as a business and I'd like to make money doing it. Mm. I was already going to networking events and meeting with entrepreneurs all the time because I was networking my franchise business. I was going, I was just connecting with other entrepreneurs. I was in entrepreneur networking groups. And that's when I decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And I'd already been studying internet marketing for a few years at that point. I was sort of studying it and thinking how it could apply to my current business, which it didn't apply as much to my current business because that was a business that was like local, locally focused. But I started learning internet marketing. I started, you know, really investing again in going to courses and going to programs. And I think the first one I went to was like $3,000. Again, I look back, I'm like, you know, where did I find that money? I don't know. Somehow I got it. And I went to these courses and I just started realizing there was this whole world of coaching and also connecting with people online mm-hmm. and like living and working from anywhere. And I was like, that's cool. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up getting in a coaching program, a certified money coach, and that's kind of how I launched was working with women entrepreneurs on their money stuff so, oh, wow. so yeah, yeah, that's how I started. So yeah, that was a long, long way to get there. But basically a lot of investing, right. a lot of researching, a lot of... There was a stage for about four or five years where I was just thinking about my coaching business. and right. What colors would my brand be? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that whole stage. And then it was really a rough few years growing the coaching business. So mm-hmm. It was hard And the thing about me is like, you know, and probably other single moms, it's like, you don't really have the option to not be successful at it. So I had my business going, that had to keep going. And then I'm trying to build this other new business, this coaching business, where I'm trying to help other women entrepreneurs grow their business. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. And then I started to figure it out. You know, I started like, got over that hump. Right. And I started doing well and getting more clients. And I created a brand called Permission to Charge. Mm. I trademarked the phrase, which I still have the trademark. It's not necessarily my brand name anymore, but I still totally love it because I got to help women entrepreneurs give themselves permission to charge their worth, which was love. Yeah. yeah, Like I realized as I went to all these events that it was a problem that I thought it was a problem that just, I had, and then I realized, oh my gosh, so many, especially heart centered Mm. healers, like creatives They were really struggling charging their worth. And that was one of the main issues in their business. Not to mention marketing is is challenging for a lot of people, but if you don't charge well, it's going to be difficult, you know? And then add that with kind of being afraid to do marketing, it's going to be really hard. So those were things that I really worked on within myself. And a few years into the business, after I kind of like had my first six-figure year. I was just grinding, you know, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I traveled to Australia. I went to Miami. I went to some other country. I went to like four different places. Every quarter I was traveling with my breast pump. Oh, dear. I got Yeah, I got really burnt out, which is probably the next questions you want to ask me. But <laughs> like, I think you and I talked at the beginning. It's like, it's good to hear people's stories because it's not all roses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot what, of
0: hardship. <laughs> a lot of hardship, but what I love, Is how you now approach business from a very feminine point of view. And I'm curious how you were able to take business, which is often built on a male paradigm, and shift it not only to a feminine paradigm, but to really including a very soulful approach. So for people who are feeling like this is a grind and, oh my gosh, I cannot see not only can I not see, but I feel soulless doing my business. How did you go from a very masculine paradigm to the feminine and including your soul?
1: You know, it's, you're reminding me that my original very first brand was called soulful solopreneur before permission to charge. So it's, I went to this, I don't know if, have you ever been to center for spiritual living in Seattle? Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, Kathy Ann, Reverend Kathy Ann, she got up there one day she's a, she's a coach and she's an entrepreneur. So she gets up there and she goes, you know, we get this, like, divine download from God, you know, like that says, start a business. And then we never listen again. (laughs) And I was like, Oh yeah. So I feel like that's what I did. Right. Like when I was in the idea stage, which is very like creative feminine. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was in, just to take you way back, I was in more, I would say looking back, I was kind of in this more of the unhealthy feminine for a while where I just had a lot of ideas and like no execution. Right. And that was like my twenties, although I did execute on the business. I should give myself a lot more credit, still working on that, but I did build the franchise. So yes, I I did definitely. But when it came to the coaching business, I think that was so much closer to my heart and soul Mm -hmm. that it was scarier, you know, with the franchise, it was kind of like, it was a tutoring franchise. So it was very easy to say, oh, I've hired all these tutors with master's degrees and they're going to come tutor your child. I'm just selling them. Right. Like I was not me. Yes. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. It's much harder to sell ourselves. Well, and that's a lot of times why I work with people because sometimes they come to me and they've been really successful somewhere else. And then they've started this like coaching or healing or consulting and suddenly they're faced with all of their stuff. And that's kind of what happened to me. So I was sort of in that unhealthy feminine of just like wishing, wanting, hoping, you know, starting something, stopping something. Mm -hmm. And then when I got really serious about growing the coaching business and like, okay, this has to make money now, like stop all this Mm -hmm. nonsense, (laughs) like picking out your brand colors for two years. So I got really serious about it. And um, I did get in, I just did what I was taught. I played a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I was very athletic. And so you work hard, Mm -hmm. you push yourself, you push harder you keep going. If you're hurt, you fall down, you get back up. And those aren't, you know, they're not all bad things. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like to have that tenacity and resilience, I'm grateful for those messages, but because I never got the other messages, it was very imbalanced. Right. So it was like, I approached my business very, I remember feeling like I had to shut out the world. Like snappy. I mean, I should say I'm never snappy anymore, but like, I would think I was more snappy. <laughs> then. It's like you get snappy with your family, like mama has to work and shut the no. door. Like, you know, and not to say I never had those moments, but it was, I felt like that was like me all the time. And it was just mm. like constantly almost felt like I had to cut off emotionally so I could yes. focus. So I could like keep my drive. I could mm. like show up to all these events and I could write these email, And I was marketing, right? I was like really learning how to market a business. And so, yes, I got very burnt out. And so what happened was I had a client who talked, she said she had this like women's circle, feminine energy. And I'm like, that was sounding good to me. Right. And I was helping her grow her business while also learning what she was talking about. And so she invited me to this women's circle. So I go to the women's circle. it was on a Sunday and it was at like a it was like a silver cloud inn or something. It was like in one of those places. It was a little little conference room. So we go in there and it was amazing, right? All these women, we did one exercise where we're in a circle and we were looking into each other's eyes for like 60 seconds right And I didn't know any of these women. And so when you do an exercise like that, you get really dropped into your body, you get very vulnerable you get emotional connected. And so we did that exercise and some other exercise. So by the end of the two hours, I felt so relaxed, Mm. you know, it's like when you really hang out with like deep soul sisters and you just feel Mm. so good. And so I was feeling that. And every Sunday I would leave the house. My daughter was very little. She's eight now, but she was like a baby. I would leave the house and I would go pump out these blog posts, you know, and I was like, all my work getting done and and I still do those things I just don't do it in the same energy but like as I was walking out of the hotel I was walking to my car and I was thinking my I had put my laptop in my trunk and it was locked and everything and I was walking there and I was thinking okay I got to go to the you know I got to go to the coffee shop and do what I do but I was feeling so calm and like light and fluffy like on a cloud and I was walking to the car going uh oh if this is feminine energy how am I going to get anything done? Cause I just want to lay around and eat bonbons. And like, <laughs> like I really, I felt all of a sudden I felt afraid. He's like, I stopped in my trunk on the way of the parking lot. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Cause I'd been doing my business one way. Mm-hmm. Now I was presented with this other way of feeling and being right. And I couldn't make the connection of this feeling of being that was so good. And then the doing of my business, like I didn't really get it. I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause I thought, well, I want to be in this feminine energy, right? But like, I'm not going to be able to grow my business or make any money if I do that. And so that's where I like, that's kind of like where it all started the exploration.
0: Yeah. So how did you find the sort of the yin and the yang of moving from the feminine energy, which really fed your heart and soul to the doing pushing? How yeah. to find the flow between those
1: two. Yeah. Well, the answer probably won't surprise you. I had a lot of great mentorship. <laughs> so <laughs> I started investing again and in, like more in myself, but just in a different way. Cause so i had been doing a lot of investments in strategy. So I'm very good at strategy. Mm-hmm. I know you know that, yes. but well, I hadn't been investing in this other side. <laughs> and so I worked with people who knew something about feminine energy. And now I get to work with my clients on feminine energy, but I had a feminine energy coach. I did a lot of reading about masculine. I didn't even know like, Oh, masculine energy, feminine energy yang. I didn't really, I didn't know that. And so I started learning it. I started teaching it to my clients. I started trusting my intuition more. Mm. That was a huge part of it. So I wish I could tell you there's a simple answer or some, it would be very masculine for me to say there's a formula for this, but like, it's really an exploration. I think I was willing to go on the exploration I did a lot of shadow work, healing work, all of that. Right. Because I think when you're integrating the masculine and the feminine, when you're working on the integration of that, you know, there's gotta be a willingness to heal. There's gotta be a willingness to see what's coming up. There's gotta be a willingness to feel the pain that's there. So I think a lot of the healing that I did helped me bridge those two things because it felt like, I could be in strategy or I could be in that energy, that feminine energy. So I I feel like I understood both sides. I just didn't understand how to bring them together. And so one of the things I teach in terms of like marketing, for example, would be allowing yourself space to get those divine downloads, being able to trust them, and then knowing strategy to like put strategy around it. And I just started like experimenting with that because I got really tired of Doing a strategy, right, and then kind of beating myself up about the results. Mm -hmm. So let's say you go give a talk to a hundred people, and you're like, "I want to get ten clients out of this," and you get Mm -hmm. three. You know, and then I would just think I was horrible. (laughs) You know, and then I was like, I I got to a point where I was just so tired of being mean to myself like that, and I started realizing everything I do is spiritual, and everything has spiritual backing. Everything is you know, Soul Align, I kind of started getting back to the roots of why I even started the business, which is why I quoted Cathy Ann. It's like, I started listening to Source, God, my higher self. I started listening to that again and like stopped blaming and shaming myself. It was kind of like high school all over again. I was on eating disorder, so I was like blaming and shaming myself for body stuff all through high school. And then it's like you get into business and you find something else to blame and shame yourself or not be good enough about sure. again. And I just realized like, I can't live like that. So I really went on the journey to, to do the healing and I still am always healing and growing, but yeah, bringing those two together. And the other big piece, which I have in my work now is I went to a priestess certification hmm. and that, that was also part of my journey of really claiming myself as a healer, as a priestess. And, and then when you claim it, I feel like you trust it more, you know? Yes, And then also calibrating to my higher self versus that masculine external strategy, right? Like the doing, you, you can get into the doing and doing, and you can be on, you know, you can feel a sense of purpose, but if you are just doing something because someone told you like, that's a good thing to do. Even in my trainings, I always tell people like, learn all this stuff. Strategy stuff for me, but then like think of it like a menu. Mm. You don't have to like do everything I say. There's some things where I'm like, this is really key, but usually it's like assimilate it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's like the clearest cut <laughs> answer, but it, it's like healing and and working on ourselves. And pretty soon, I think we do become more, more and more integrated. Where now, you know, the way I run my business is I just it's mostly intuitive. It's almost Mm. probably too intuitive. Sometimes I'm like, I probably should put a little more strategy sometimes because I I can be very strategic. I I used to plan my whole year, Mm -hmm. every detail of everything I was ever going to do in market. And I just, I, now I look at maybe like 90 days out because I don't know who I'm going to be in a year. (laughs) I've let myself grow a lot faster now. And I let myself change a lot faster. Now I changed my brand multiple times the last three years Mm -hmm. and I don't even care. I'm happy with, I'm like good with
0: it. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought this up because I don't know if you've noticed, but in my world, it seems like I used to be able to get a vision and then work backwards from that vision. And right now, this year, it's like, bam, I am not being given any visions. It's like, you know, and I've started to talk with a lot of different healers and light workers and I'm like, okay, wait, are you experiencing this where you're not being given the big vision and you're being asked literally to trust daily? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Are you experiencing yeah. that? It's like, yeah, I never have the big vision.
1: <laughs> so I'm yeah. I shouldn't say never, but I definitely resonate with what you're saying but that's been going on for a while. So it's like, yeah, you get used to it. Right. And I think being an entrepreneur, you also get used to sort of like the ups and downs of the business. Sometimes the seasons of of a business and it'll make you or break you, right. It'll make you just miserable or you'll decide, okay, I'm really going to start to learn how to trust myself and trust my ideas. But yeah, like I really relate to, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where this is. Like, I can't, get the vision that far ahead. And and I have clients who have a big vision and they're very, they're on like their big, huge future vision. I'm more like you where I feel like it's like daily in the moment, listen to your intuition, follow the guidance. And that takes a certain amount of just trust as well. I'm just like,
0: give me the big vision. <laughs> right. I feel like so much of this path of entrepreneurship is really a sneaky way for spirit to say, this is a path to learn how to trust. Ooh, I like that.
1: We got a quote. That's a quote. That's a
0: quote. (laughs) But don't you think it really, it's a sneaky way for spirit to say, this is for you to learn to trust yourself, to trust your intuition, to trust your knowingness, to trust your resilience. Yeah. Because if nothing else, this path absolutely requires resilience.
1: It it reminds me of, um, so I have someone I'm working with, a client, and she's got a super successful business, like, you know, 300K cash months as a coach, Mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And she got an idea. What we're working on is energy mindset, intuition, some business stuff, but she's definitely got got it going on. So she had an idea for a training and she ran it by somebody else. And they're like, no, that's not gonna work. You know, it's gotta oh, be like something like that. And she's like, well, I really like this idea. And I said, I like it. It's great. You know? And she's like, I just got this like download. And she ended up listening to herself, which is what she's, you know, working on. She listened to herself and she just launched it like a week ago and she got more people signing up than ever. Wow. Such a great response. Oh. And and the sales are rolling in and I just told her, you know, it doesn't always pan out exactly the way that you think when you follow an intuitive nudge and you put something out there, you know, usually in business, it's like, if I do a webinar, this many people are going to come this many people are going to (laughs) buy, you know, like that's kind of what we learn in a lot of business coaching programs or marketing programs. And I said, you know, it's going to feel different this time. Like you followed an intuitive nudge. And the sales are kind of, the sales are right. coming in, it's like coming in these different ways. And it's like, what if this is how it's supposed to be? And you don't have to actually even worry about mm-hmm. the actual outcome. You can just know the outcome is happening. It's already done. It's already happening. And so I've been checking in with her and she's like feeling so good and the sales are rolling in and she's like competent. And I was like, yes, woman. Yes. Like this, oh. this is the way that you get to do it. And because you know, I work with business owners all the time that are, you know, maybe they're at six figures, maybe they're multiple Mm -hmm. six figures. Some of my one-on-one clients are multiple seven figures and they get burnt out as well. Sometimes, you know, they might be focusing so much on strategy and yeah, it's gotten them really, really, really far. But then at the end of the day, Mm. if you Haven't created time freedom or you haven't created emotional freedom where you feel good. Right. right. You know, or if you're just anxious about your business or it's like stressful all the time or you're over delivering or over giving, even if you're doing really well and people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. We all have a next level. And I just, I love intuitive business. I just think it's so much fun. And then if you're someone that does know strategy and you put them together, Mm. oh, that's where you see people like, Oprah. (laughs) I feel like she's, she's obviously strategic and knows what she's doing, but she's so, you know, it really feels like she beats to her own drum, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And she's innovative and that's, I think intuition can lead to innovation.
0: Yes. So for people who are not happy where they're at with their business and they are thinking, okay, I'm either going to quit this business or I'm going to learn how to do it better. One of the areas that I think you are amazing at is with social media. How do you bring soul to your social media? How do you do that?
1: Well, I can give you a general answer and then like even a a very specific, like actually how I do it too. But Mm -hmm. so the bigger answer is, like I said before, following my intuitive downloads, Mm -hmm. it's creative for me. A lot of people do not like social media you know, there's a lot of things you can do with it. If you want to be fancy, right. You've got Instagram, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, and then you've got all these like features and things that you could do. So I'll get into that next. But the first thing I would say is like, I do listen to my intuition. I get ideas all the time. I write them in my phone all the time. Mm -hmm. I have lists upon lists in my phone. If you were to go through my phone, you would just see the best content ever. Some that's never seen the light of day. And I could like, it's just there. So I know not everyone likes to write as much as I do, but it is about figuring out what you enjoy. Some of my clients really la- love being on video or being a podcast host mm-hmm. is what lights them up, right? So it's finding your medium. It's finding you know, your the way you express your gift is key. And so I help my clients figure that out. And then, okay, how can we play on social media? How can we use it as a fun tool, I think I used to use it as a have to, I have to post on social media so I can get clients. That's how I was operating. And most people often do, right? But when you transcend that, then you start to, if you can take on the belief that there's a soul group you're here to serve and you believe that, then you know, and you can take on the belief that they're all around you all the time. Then you, your nervous system can calm down. You can go, okay okay. If they're already all around me. Okay. So what do I want to share today? What's my message?
0: Oh, i love that.
1: Yeah. Love that. So that, I think those are the two things that I really do. And then to get specific, you know, everyone likes different things. Reels are really popular. I'm going to learn that a little bit more, but I haven't mastered that, but I like to do Instagram stories. I like to write new long ASS posts, <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, And like, some people might think they're too long, but like, I just have a lot, I'm long-winded. So, you know, it's like, you just have to be unapologetic about, you know, how you express yourself. But a lot of times what I will do, if you guys follow my stories on Instagram, Jessica Riverson, I take a lot of videos. I'm always listening to music. So you'll, I know you've seen like a lot of my stories. Like I, I take videos I love beauty. So anytime I see something beautiful, I take a video and I play music and then I put words on top of it just as a very specific example of what I do. And so now my social media manager helps me do it and she makes them look even more amazing. But even when I do them myself, they look pretty cool because the platform gives you all these little funky tools and it's like anything else, right? Like before you did your podcast, you didn't know all the funky tools that go with the podcast, but now you do. Yeah, And so- a lot of times what people do is they're like, oh, it's so hard. It's so this, it's so that. It's like, Mm. if you approach it that way, you're not going to do it. Like I saw people's stories. I was enjoying their stories. And I was like, ooh, I like that. I want to do that. Now, there's a lot of things that people do on social media that I don't like and I don't do. Mm. It's not about, oh, do reels, do Instagram stories. Like I'm not telling anyone to do Instagram stories unless they, they want to. But I'm just saying that, I gravitate towards things. If I see someone doing something in their marketing and that looks like beautiful and fun to me, right. Then there's probably going to be a learning curve for me to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes I might proc- like, I procrastinated my podcast for a long time. Cause I knew there was going to be a learning curve and I don't really like technology learning curves, <laughs> <absolutely>, <laughs> but I've been through many. Yeah. And any, every time you get on the other side of that learning curve, now you just have a tool in your basket that you could whip out any time. And so that's pretty much how I do my social media is I just, I hone in on a tool. So like I said, for example, reels are super popular. It's all the craze. I'm not necessarily doing reels right now, but I do stories every day because I've mastered that to some extent. Now, the next thing I'm kind of looking at is, oh, I'd like to do more reels and like kind of figure that out. And it might get to the point where it's like so easy for me. Right. And i make several a week because it it's fun for me. That's basically like little videos. Now, other people, they might not like that. They might be like, I just, I like blogging. Okay, mm. learn how to blog. Learn from some of the best bloggers. Take their courses. Right, right. It's like, don't let it stop you. Well,
0: I love what you're saying is really when it comes down to it is do what is fun for you, do what yeah. is in your nature and imagining that your soul tribe is just sitting there waiting to talk to you, waiting to hear from you and yeah. to hear what you have to say. And the other thing that I wanted just, just slightly touch on that you said is about beliefs. And it seems to me that one of the other things that you teach is to really get clear about the beliefs that are driving your business. Yes.
1: Yeah. If you believe people aren't interested, they don't care what you have to say. Nobody's watching. Nobody's looking. Nobody's liking. Nobody's commenting. Nobody's opening my emails or not. Or a lot of it's like not enough people are opening my emails and enough people are clicking. Not enough people are reaching out. And all of that. And and I just, I had to get out of that because that still happens to me to this day. Mm -hmm. I write emails that seemingly nothing's happening. Right. Right. Where I make, make a post, nobody likes it. Nobody comments. I mean, these things happen and I've just got to the point where it doesn't really bother me anymore because I believe that everything I do is profitable. And then that's another fun belief to play with. Ooh, like I love that. when you're taking a bubble bath, when you're going to the store, when you don't even have time to work or put out a marketing message today and you're doing other things, what if you're, that's still profitable? Because it's your energy, right? It's how you show up in the world, who you're being going back Mm -hmm. to that, who you're being then infuses what you do. So that's why one of my clients went to the mailbox, signed up her neighbor for a coaching client. Another client was working part-time at a coffee shop, got a coaching client, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, who are you being? Are you open? Are you receptive? no matter where you are and where you go, do you believe it's easy to make money? Do you believe it's easy to create clients? Do you believe it's easy for people to pay you? Do you make it easy for people to pay you? I put (laughs) links and calls to action everywhere. It's easy for people to message me or sign up with me. Like, yeah, I love what you're saying about beliefs. It's huge.
0: Yeah, so if people are struggling or they're ready to go to the next level, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you and start working with you?
1: I would say on Facebook or Instagram. So Facebook is Jessica Riverson. Instagram is at Jessica Riverson. You can message me on Instagram. There's a link um, under my bio and you can see all the different courses that I have. Usually people that are new to my world will take a course and then kind of look at maybe working with me at a higher level from there. I have lots of courses now. <laughs> so and- fun.
0: Oh, and, and it is truly fun to work with Jessica. So I will put all of Jessica's information in the show notes. And Jessica, thank you so much for coming and blessing my podcast today. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might wanna be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.